Welcome to the What in the Shibata podcast with Suji and Ed. We're just two Asian Americans talking shit about shit. Perfect. Hi, well, Ed. Hi. How was your week? It was great. Yeah, how was yours? Up? I am so busy. I have a million things going on, but you know, like any working mom will tell you, you just keep on going. You just do what you got to do and then move on to the next thing. So that's all I've been doing this week. That's fair. Um, before we get started, I did want to clear up one thing. Mm. Apparently, Alex Borstein, who plays Miss Swan, is not is like somewhere down the line part Mongolian. Oh, so we're doing a little fact check right yeah, now. Yeah, so I, I I got fact checked online, you know, when okay. I posted that. Uh -huh. uh, but I also don't want to. So that does. I didn't want to take away from her Asian identity, sure. but that doesn't take away from the fact that Miss Swan was problematic. Right. So okay. I just wanted to clear that up Fair. before we go. I think we could do that, right? Every week we'll do a little fact check because I know you're gonna have a hard time believing this, but Ed and I are not perfect people. Uh, we don't get everything yeah. right 100%. I know, no, no, I know. 100% of the time, we don't get it right. But so. at least we're not one of those people who double down <laughs> no, and, right. you know. And then I've, cry about it. Yeah, I have no problems admitting when I'm wrong. I mean, same. As long as I'm wrong. Right. Yeah. As long as I'm wrong, I can admit that I'm wrong. Yeah. A lot of times people just push their opinion and then right. tell you that they're wrong, that All you're the wrong. Time. All the time. Yeah. And and I, I've done that many times online. Like, I'm not afraid to do that. You know, it's just that you can't tell me that I'm wrong for having feelings about something. And that's usually when people are like, you, you that's wrong. You yeah. can't feel that way. I'm like, <laughs> but I do. Yeah, no, literally in the one of the clips from last time when I said that I felt really sad for that little boy because of Ms. Swan, there I literally had gaslighting comments of people being like, well, you shouldn't feel sad because it's not offensive. Thank you. I fucking hate that so much. And it's like, yeah. why, why are people like that, dude? Like, why do you get, why do you feel like you can tell me what is supposed to bother me and what isn't? Like, what in your life experience would make you think that you know anything about my life so well to the point where you can tell me what I should and shouldn't feel? That's fucking absurd. Yeah. I would never tell somebody else how to feel about something that I've never no. experienced myself ever. No. It, it, the audacity. And I feel like when you reach an adult age, you should realize the fact that you aren't the gatekeeper to things. Right. And that most of the time when you say stuff, it's typically not about that person, but more about the person who said it. Right. You know, like that person probably is one of those people who thinks that, you know, giving other people leeway is some sort of taking away from them, you know, like, oh, well, I'm losing something. Right. Well, and, but that's the thing, right? It's like, so when people tell me that I shouldn't be offended by certain things, it's like, well, so tell me, what is the detriment to you? What is your net loss for me being offended by something? Is it because you feel sad that you cannot continue to do these things and not have the ignorance of knowing that, that this offends people? Like, I'm sorry to take that away from you, but if that's what your cost is, then maybe you should reconsider why that's bothering you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So the topic this week, we decided we're going to talk about. So we wanted to touch on a couple of things, but before we got into it, if some of you guys are probably noticing on our video podcast mm. on YouTube that we've changed sceneries. So this is going to be for the foreseeable future, our, our permanent, home. permanent home. We're home. Yeah, the first one, we weren't really sure what we were doing, so. Not like now, because now we are so yeah. sure what we're doing. We know what we're doing now, we don't. Beyond a shadow yeah. of a doubt, it I don't took even, us three hours to see. I don't even know if this is recording correctly, so we don't even really know. See you in 45 minutes. But this is our new permanent home. The first one, we rented a studio because we didn't right. really know what we were doing. Which and was, now the conversation's looping in my head. Right, but I think that was it was a really good first experience. We know where we um, 
where we maybe could improve and some things that we might want to adjust, like, I don't know, camera angles. Yeah. <laughs> when you rent a studio <laughs> and you only have, have an hour, yeah, you panic and you hyper fixate on other things, especially when you have debilitating ADHD and anxiety. <laughs> and yeah. Also, we're going to be drinking a lot more water this time. Yeah, there's a lot of dry so like, mouth sounds. You know, <laughs> if anybody wants to like sponsor our podcast, Ooh, we're be we like a lot. water. Yeah. We like beverages. We like, um, I don't know, lubrication. <laughs> Liquid. <laughs> Ew, lubrication. Ew. That's not this episode. That's a hey, different this, episode. That's going to be our self care episode. It's going to be anyway, a different it's episode. It's coming up. Yeah. But yeah, we want to thank you all for being with us on our second um, yeah. episode. That's really exciting that. You were here at all. Yeah. <laughs> we're really excited. And thank you for in advance for, you know, following us on this journey as we figure it out. Yes. Yes. We have a lot of ideas and we have a lot of concepts and topics that we want to talk about. So this will be a learning experience for all of us. It will. But um, as you know, and th this is the other thing too, is um, I have this weird problem where know what your name is, but I keep calling you Sujia because I'm so used to referring to you as Sujia. Yes. Um, but. Well, my name is Susie, um, but my parents named me Suji. Well, my Korean name is Suyun, but they call me Suji. And then when you add the ya for my name, it's kind of like a term of endearment. So it's like, you know, sweetie or, you know, I don't know. So they call me. Well, it depends on how they say it. Yeah, right. Sujia. Sujia. It's very different than Sujia. Right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Where are you? Yeah. So there's a difference. Uh, but yes, you can call me Sujia. You can call me Suji. You can call me Suzy. You can call me whatever you want. So. But as Susie was saying earlier, uh, you know, we did want to touch on a couple topics, mainly just based off of things that happened this week. So, yes, if any of you guys are unfamiliar, uh, some things went down in Utah this past week. First off, actually, yeah, let me do it the other way around. So one of the first things that happened was about a week and a half, two weeks ago, there was a high school basketball game where... And it, it's at this town, a little town of Roy, Utah, where the Roy High School students, whenever this one particular Pacific Islander student took possession of the ball, they would bark at him. Now, you know, and I understand I've been to sporting events. I grew up in Philadelphia, so I know, if anything, firsthand what it is to heckle people. Because, I mean, I've literally been to football games where people threw beer at a seven-year-old child because he was wearing the opposing Christ. team's jersey. So I get it. Totally reasonable yeah, reaction yeah. to a child. Not that I'm excusing <laughs> it, but I get it. I get it. You know what I mean? You get excited. But this had a little bit of a nefarious origin because the year prior, those same kids um, called all of the Asian and Pacific Islander players dog eaters amongst other you know slurs. So when the school reprimanded them, you know, I'm assuming with a very firm. Now, now, yeah. play nice. Don't do that. That's very yeah. mean. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <clears throat> uh, the kids this year decided that they're, because, you know, they thought that they were being so witty. Right. That they're just going to bark. But well, we're also. Circumvent the slur yeah. by, you know, barking instead. But we're talking about kids who decided that go home and eat more rice is an offense. So we're not really. Listen, you don't have to be clever to be racist. That's actually kind of the whole yeah. deal. <laughs> That's the point. Right. Is that most people who are racist typically 
don't excel in thinking things through. Right. Because if you thought it one step further, you'd realize, you know, people, all the obvious things. But so, yeah, there's that. And then over this last past week um, in Utah, they also hosted the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game. Mm. And Simu Liu was one of the people, you know, celebrities in attendance. And, you know, on the Megatron, they do one of those quirky, like, oh, celebrity lookalikes. Well, um, I think we all know where this is headed if you don't know what I'm talking about, but they just put some random Asian person who looked nothing like Simu, right. um, which was offensive, obviously, to everyone, but spe- specifically to someone who's there playing. You know, there's not an ounce of respect. So right. it seems like Utah... You got a problem, Utah? What's going on? Yeah, we just have a little bit of learning we need to do. When I've it been comes to Utah, to... and it's it was an experience. I felt, I really did. I Maybe it was, I don't know, the part of Utah I was in, it was very, um, there was like a huge Mormon temple. I'm guessing there's more than one. But like you like walk through and like you do a tour of it. And I, I felt like I was like a zoo animal. I felt like people were staring at me. And I was like, I think they're just staring at me because they really want me to like join the church. And now in retrospect, I'm like, oh no, I think they were staring at me because I was the literally only Asian person there. And I don't know, I don't know the demographics of Utah, but I'm guessing from the way, the reaction that I got, and even the people that I was with who were my ex-husband's family, the way they spoke to me and spoke about me in front of me to the rest of their family was very evident that it was very uncommon for me or for people who looked like me to be there. And they they made it very, um, they made it very, you know, known to me. They made it very obvious to me that that was the case. Was this family from Utah? Oh yeah. Oh. That should have been my first. <laughs> but yeah, he was he was his family. I think his parents are from Utah. And then he, they moved here because, I don't know, his dad's work or something. I don't know. He's my ex-husband. Yeah, I, um, I don't, not to insinuate anything, but it's tough when you have your spouse's family that you just don't relate to. At all. There's a lot of meaning well, I, I want to assume, microaggressions. Oh, I mean, they were less, they were pretty macro. You know, oh. they would like do like Asian accents in front of me. Oh. He, in fact, you know, one of his uncles told me about his experiences eating dog in Korea, oh. and he wanted to talk to me about it. And I was like, oh. I've never eaten a dog. I don't know anything about eating dog. He's like, Well, you must know something about it. I'm like, When I tell you I don't know, oh. I'm telling you I don't fucking know. So I don't know why you insist that I know. It's not just like genetically in in me. I'm like, well, I mean, do you want to talk about fucking your cousin? Do you fuck your cousin? That's what I heard. Uh, I, I heard that the, the highest number of men who have sex with farm animals are white men. So how often do you, f- you know, fuck a cow? I don't yeah. fucking know. Like, and that was the thing. I was like, I, I felt obviously it was not an appropriate thing for me to say. Well, back. But that's the thing is they always act like that's so offensive. That's so offensive. Because of it, is. it is. Well, it is. It's that's supposed the point. to be. Right. Because you said something right. equally offensive. Right. But I am not allowed to construe it that way because whatever this dynamic is, you know, the, the pushback is often, you know, far more taken offensively than the offense itself every time, yeah. much like what's happening in Utah. Yeah. You know, like the, the kids who are, you know, hurling these racist, you know, aggressions against these kids who are just trying to fucking play basketball. You know, now it's like, oh, well, these kids are blowing things out of proportion or it's not what they meant. This isn't what's really going on. Like, who, who do you think is going to know better about what's really going on? You or me? You know, like the people who've actually experienced these things, 
you know, in their daily lives or somebody who, who pays no attention to it unless it's brought out, you know, to them, you know, in the news or their kid is being somehow, you know, reprimanded for it. Yeah. And and I think the main reason why we wanted to talk about this was because in one of those videos that I posted, there was that. Kathy? Yeah. Was, she, you, a, Kathy. was she a mother? Of course she was. I don't think she was a mother of the kids. Oh, she's she a wasn't. mother. Yes, yes. But not she, to the kids. She did there. clarify that she wasn't a mother of Roy High School, but this woman just <laughs> instantly started getting very defensive and telling us that we should give them some grace because they're kids. Even going as further in to be like their brain is not developed at that age. They don't, she fully. said they don't have a frontal lobe. I'm like, ma'am. <laughs> They have a frontal lobe. It may not be fully developed, but are you saying that they have missing parts of their brain? I mean, even a hundred years ago, we confirmed there was a frontal lobe. So like what century right. are you living in? So in my thinking about like this analogy, I'm thinking of like, so people say like, oh, you're so sensitive. You're so sensitive to this. Like this is not what's really happening. And my response is like, you just don't understand because you don't have this heightened awareness to these things because you've never experienced it. So. I, I try to think of like how, what I could compare it to. So Kathy, Kathy is like a, a white picket fence. Kathy is there to keep out certain things or to, she's not even there to detect it. You know, she's just there like to keep out the, the rodents or to be just kind of an obstacle for somebody who wants to come in. The riffraff. So the riffraff, right, mm. exactly. And, and mainly just kind of decorative. Whereas people like, and I think there are like, I look at it like alarm systems, right? Like some alarms are, designed to detect smoke. Some alarms are designed to detect, you know, carbon um, monoxide, carbon monoxide mm -hmm. or you know, change in temperature or, you know, any number of things, fire, earthquakes, whatever, the seismic waves, you have those things to detect. But because they are so specialized for that specific thing, they have a heightened awareness to the thing that they are supposed to detect, right? So through my living, the life that I've lived, I am highly sensitive. I have developed this ability to detect these things, though they might be very, very small, because I know what I'm looking for. Right. I have been calibrated to understand and detect these things so I can better call them out. Like, why does Kathy, the picket fence, think that she knows better what's happening with these kids than I do, the person who has been calibrated to detect even the most sudden change in temperature, the most just one degree higher, one degree lower. I know what I'm sensing. Right. I know better than you, Kathy. So why don't you give me and those kids some fucking grace before I have to start doling it out to you? Right. right. That's the crazy part is, is that we're not sensitive. We've just become sensitized or right. is it desensitized to it? Sensitized. sensitized. Yeah, right. we become sensitized to it. So it's not that we are like just bringing it up out of nowhere. Right. It's just that you don't have any sense you're right. actually desensitized to it because right. you just you, you can't no not even you. desensitized because you haven't been exposed to it right and that's kind of what i'm like whenever i see another person from another marginalized community talk about the things that they experience i would never tell a gay person i don't i i know better than you what homophobia looks like I would never tell a Jewish person, hey, that's not really anti-Semitic. You just think it is because you're so fucking sensitive. Right. What the fuck in my experience would make me think that I have an informed enough opinion of something that I've never ever once experienced? Yeah, and if like race is too hard for other people to understand, it, to me it's essentially like someone in Alaska telling someone who lives in Florida 
what heat is like, right. what humidity is like. Right. What the fuck do you know? Right. It snows where you live right. almost year round. And and it's okay to not know things. Like yeah. that's never been my issue. My issue is like, if you are ignorant to these things and these are not things that you have been around or been you know exposed to, fine. That's okay. Yeah. Of course. Everyone has it. We can't know what we don't know. No. But it's your unwillingness to listen and learn about what it could be for somebody else that that really just fucking chaps my ass. When I when somebody like Kathy is telling me who's lived through these exact aggressions in this exact circumstance. I played sports in LA in high school. I played volleyball, you know, for 10 years. I've experienced racism on on the court and I know what that feels like to have to maintain this level of decorum as an athlete while somebody is saying racist shit to you is really fucking hard. Like you really want to take that basketball or that volleyball and just fucking slam them upside the head with it. You really do. Yeah. I might have once or twice. <laughs> Maybe more than twice. <laughs> you know, by accident. By accident. It's on a contact sport ish. <laughs> or it might have happened in the parking lot after the game. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Okay. And and you know, we're just you know, I'm not I, I will refuse to teach my daughters to just endure those kinds of things. No. no. Decorum or not. You don't, you should not be subjected to those things. Also, the grownups that are there should be there to protect you from those things. And if they're not, then go above their fucking heads. Figure it out, where do we go from here? Which is exactly what those parents did. Those, the administrators did nothing. I mean, the one person at the game who was an administrator literally said, I don't hear anything, said that he was gonna sit closer to the, you know, the kids that were doing all of this yelling. And then afterwards, essentially was like, I, I don't know that I heard barking. You can hear it in the video. Yeah. I. What do you mean? Who's going to believe you? And the right. thing that bothers me with what Kathy said was that she wanted us to give grace to those kids who don't know, and she gave zero thought, zero effort, zero anything to the kids that endured it, right. which is crazy. If you don't want loud, outspoken people who are going to stand their ground then don't treat them that way because right. part of the reason we're like this is because we went through it. Right. And we're at a stage now where with the internet and stuff, you can't really stifle and silence those people anymore. We know what happens to those people. Mm -hmm. We know how it affects them. We know what happens, you know? So at the very least, for your own sake, if you don't want outspoken people and you wanna be able to control them, well then you can't just, you, you can't have it both ways. No. You can't have it both ways. And and this is the, the thing that people like, I, I know we keep talking about Kathy. And Kathy, you blocked me on TikTok. Hopefully we can find it, we can circumvent that and find a way for you to listen to this podcast because this is really important for you in particular. But the thing- Not that, that we actually care about you. <laughs> I just don't want it to get it wrong. We don't care. <laughs> we lose zero sleep. We're doing this for the sake of those kids. Right. That <clears throat> you come in cross with because clearly- Because <laughs> here's the thing. The defense of those kids is they're just kids. They don't know any better. Their brains aren't fully developed yet. And what I asked in a video, you know, following up was like, okay, but Kathy, did you for one second consider what's happening to the brains of those kids who are having to endure all of these racist aggressions towards them? What are their brains acting like? What are what are the the what are the what brain chemistry is happening in them to watch? and endure what's happening to them. And then to find out that there's going to be little to no consequences for the people perpetrating these things. 
I don't know. It might fuck up my brain. And I'm pretty sure it's going to fuck up their brains too. And to have people be like, show these kids grace. They're still learning. Well, can I get at least one word for the kids who have to fucking deal with it? No, not nothing. Yeah. Not one fucking word. I mean, she wrote like 20 comments. Literally, at yeah. least. Before she blocked me, she commented, I think, 10, 15 times. I was like, you didn't once say, and I feel horrible for those kids who have to endure it. Of course yeah. not. You didn't think about them. You never do. You think about what those poor kids who, they have to go to college one day. They're really good kids in their regular life. Well, this is regular life, bitch. And we know what happens when those kids go to college. Exactly. We get the Brett Kavanaugh's of the world. Of course. Delightful. And, you know, I will say this. As a former high school athlete who had to endure those things, all of those experiences contribute to how I feel and why I'm so outspoken. And I have two young daughters, one who is, you've, you've met them, one who looks far more white than the other. And I actually had this conversation with my husband last night in the car, you know, in preparation for our podcast today. I was like, honey, do you ever, does it ever occur to you the different life experiences our daughters are going to have? And my husband is white and he is like, well, in what turn, like, what do you mean? I'm like, our older daughter is going to experience life and potentially like racist, you know, situations very differently than our younger daughter. My younger daughter looks just like me. And I know that th their paths are going to really diverge. My older daughter's strawberry blondish hair, light skin, you know, freckle pattern, you know, of a little white girl. She looks like a little white girl, you know, most of the, like, you know, aside from a few, you know, Asian-ish features. But she's not going to get it as much. And she's, she hasn't. She hasn't experienced it yet, like my younger daughter already has. You mm. know, and that's so crazy to me that I, in my one house, have to, I don't wanna say raise them differently, but really be so focused on how differently they're walking through the world. Like, I don't, I, I, I am at a loss a lot of the time, because I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna tell her, and I don't know what I'm gonna tell her. I mean, honestly, you don't know how they're gonna experience it as they get older, too. You know right. what I mean? They may change physically. True. But also, I had this learning point back in college. I had this friend, she was half Japanese, half white. And for all intents and purposes, she looked pretty white. You know, she was more, I would say, more than half, half looking. She looked a little bit whiter. Like she, she had blonde hair. I think she dyed it. So like it really made her look not Asian. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having had some form of internalized racism where I really just focus on wanting to fit in from being picked on so much as a child. Mm -hmm. um, I always used to wonder what, you know, half Asian people, what their experiences were like. And I was just kind of assumed that it was a lot easier for them to integrate. And I remember one time I was talking to my friend when his super racist roommate came up and he was like, where is that Chinese girl? And at that moment, I realized that I was I like, I don't know, dude, there's billions of them. So yeah. <laughs> which one were you talking Pretty about? Pretty much. I definitely said something snarky back to him. But I just remember inside thinking to myself that, man, what I thought in my head, the grass isn't always greener, right. that a lot of times these people, they experience life the same way. And that's when I started to realize that I had more in common with people who were biracial. Sure because of this weird feeling of not fitting in on either side, right. you know what I mean? I was never Korean enough because I was born in America. Right. Every time I went to Korea, you know, oh, we could tell you're American by the way you dress. And you know, we all know in America, you're never, you're right. never American. So, right. you know, it was 
that feeling. I think, and I think as a mother of two young children now, I think I see so many more biracial kids that obviously my greatest hope is that, you know, my biracial daughters live in a world where they, you know, will have an easier time and won't have to feel like they don't fit in in either and feel very comfortable sitting in both. But I will say in my experience, having a more white looking daughter versus a more Korean looking daughter, I have people say the craziest, dumbest shit to me all the time. They'll be like, oh, you have one of each. Oh, no. Yeah, they, they say that to you. You have one white one and one Korean one. I'm like, that's not how genetics works. They don't just split into one and the other. That's not how that works. And it is so fucking annoying. And it's like, oh, you know, she looks far more white. She, or I can hear them saying things about why white beauty standards are better. Like, mm. oh, your older daughter's so lucky. Look at those blonde highlights. Oh, or like, no. oh my gosh, her eyes are so much bigger than her sister's. And it's like, can you not do that? Cause I don't do that. Um, like I make it a point and I don't know, I, I try really hard not to overcompensate with my younger daughter, just knowing what her experience is. I'm like, oh baby, you look so beautiful. Your eyes are exactly the same shape as mine. I'm so happy, your look at your hair. Like, I know what to do with your hair. And I'll like joke to her, like, I don't know what to do with your sister's white girl hair. You know what I mean? Because her hair is, the textures of their hair are so different. And like, oh, really? oh yeah, dude, it's so weird. My older daughter's like super fine, but she's got tons of it. It's like, like a lot, like volume wise. And then my other daughter, her hair is just like mine. I know what to do with my hair. My older daughter, I'm like, it's so tingly. It's so like, yeah. it's so, I don't it's know what to do curve. with it. Yeah, like, it's yeah. so different. My hair, you can brush it right through. With my older daughter, I'm like, oh my God, this, this is a lot of work on you. It's yeah. very, very different. So I, I am trying to be very empathetic and sympathetic at the same time while raising two people who are equally my daughters. You know what I mean? So it's, 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 but really that should be a relatable experience for everyone. Maybe not physically. Right but nobody's children are the same. You have to raise every child differently. Right. You know what I mean? So that's that's like one of the things I just really wish by the time that, you know, if I have kids and when your kids are older, that they're experiencing, living in a world where they don't experience other people identifying them first mm -hmm. and just treating them like people. people. Right, right. Well, and I think that is this very unifying, you know, experience that, people of color, you know, have is that wherever we go, anywhere I go, anybody that I meet, if not the first sentence, one of the first five things that they they want to talk about is my Koreanness or to discover that I am Korean for whatever anecdotal reason they want to tell me about themselves. And I find this to be the case is a lot of the times when people want to know what my ethnicity is and they ask me the age old question, what are you? And I give them the answer. Sometimes I give it to them directly. Sometimes I make them work for it. It just depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Yeah. You know, and I, it finally comes out that I'm Korean. It's often just so they can tell me something about themselves that has something to do with something Korean. Yep. It's like, it has nothing to do with getting to know me. You don't give no. a fuck about me. No. You just want to be able to tell me that you really love K-dramas. Yeah, no, it's- Okay, just fucking say it. It's like a perfect example of how the most things that people talk about rarely are about the other person. Mm -hmm. It's about them. Right. So like in the instance of, Kathy, it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with what she doesn't want taken away from right. her. Right. The, you know, the leniences and the things that her and her children can get away with. Right. It's more about them. It has nothing to do it's with us. It's all ego driven. Yeah. Completely. And, and I think that's, again, the Kathy's of the world. It's like, if you want to just talk about yourself, <clears throat> go ahead. 
why the fuck do I have to be involved? Don't involve me in that. Like, Kathy, you want to talk about how you think that it should be fair for kids to treat other kids, sorry, no, white kids to treat other kids of color however they want and have no repercussions. Well, then just say that. But don't tell me and pretend to me like I'm not seeing what I'm seeing because I'm going to push back. And, and that's something that I think in seeing kids growing up now, I see them pushing back so much harder. Good. My niece and my nephew, like 17 and like 14, 15, they, they don't, they have a very different tolerance for it than I did. And, but also interestingly, they don't have, they don't feel like they have to fight as hard, which I think is great, mm. you know, or they're like, oh, I don't really care about it that much. It's like not that big of a deal to me. And I'm like, what? No, burn the whole fucking school yeah. down. What are you talking about? Yeah. They're like, Emo, calm down. <laughs> That that's sounds so, healthier. That's so much. Yeah. It's a lot. And I'm like, oh, was that? Oh, are, do you don't feel that way? They're like, yeah. no. And I think they're, they've really come to the understanding that there are people out there that just fucking suck. Yeah. And that's okay. Let them go on sucking. Well, I'm going to go live my fucking awesome life while they suck. And that and I'm like, wow, you guys are so mature. You guys are really like, those are really evolved. You guys, yeah. I'm so proud of you. I don't even know how to do that now. now. <laughs> like, I have to put myself like as if like my therapist is talking to me, talking me down, being like having a conversation <laughs> totally. with myself. That's not reasonable. You're, I just take a step back, yeah. take a breath, Breathe. everything is okay. Dude, my fucking 11 year old daughter, she, she had a problem with one of her friends. I was like, well, doesn't that upset you? Like that, that she like said something mean about you? She goes, she didn't come to me about it, mom. Like that's a her problem, that's not a me problem. I was like, so she says to me, well, if she has a problem with me, but she doesn't come to me about it, that sounds like a her problem, not a me problem. And I was like, oh, I'm doing such a good job raising you. <laughs> oh my God, I'm a really good mom. Zing. Good for me. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing because I did not act that way at all. No. In fact, I was so scared. So when I was younger, you know, I bullying, you know, I'm sure, almost everyone has experienced of it, course. but there were times when I was definitely targeted. Mm. Uh, for instance, when I was in third grade, um, this white kid in my class told, you know, this other kid in our class that I gave him the middle finger when I didn't. And then his friend decided on the way back from gym that he was going to choke me until I turned blue and almost died. That's a lot. And then the following year, um, I had an older student who decided to pick on me because, you know, Asian kids and, you know, I was, You're I was, not. you know, sure. not as well prepared to defend myself I was, as I was back then, which is odd because I was in karate, but you know, you just don't have the self-confidence. <laughs> the irony. You yeah. know what I mean? You don't know what to do. So um, either way, not that I could have done anything because this kid decided to come up uh, and surprise me, grab my hands and he started flinging me around in circles, you know, just yeah. twirling me around. And then he let go and almost threw me. And I went flying head first into <gasps> a metal garage door. Oh my God. And I almost, Ed. I almost broke my neck and died. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. So like that was like, so, so oh my God. words hurt, but sometimes words. But being twirled around and thrown into a garage yeah, door also hurts. Escalates into of physical course. things. Of course. And it, traumatized me forever but it oh also God. did another thing it was that day that i decided i am not going to be this person yeah. anymore and that somewhere along the line i basically had to reinvent myself 
I remember literally being like, because I was like a sensitive kid too, you yeah. know? Um, I guess I kind of still am. <laughs> but I literally woke up one day and I was like, if I don't want to get bullied, I have to be a bully. Yeah. And not that I was going to pick mm. on other kids, but I was just going to be a dick moving yeah. forward. Yeah. You were like that, like a montage in an 80s movie where the kid's like, I'm having a, you know, I'm changing today. I'm not the kid I was. You know, you tie like a headband and shit. Yeah. Like that's, that was that, yeah. was that movie moment. But knowing right? me, it wasn't like inspirational eye of the tiger. Right? It was like a very emo, it was like a very emo, like, wah. <laughs> No, I mean, I think we all have those those moments in our lives, you know, growing up and experiencing bullying. You know, a lot of it, though, I think centers around things that people don't have any control over. Right. Of course, because they know that you can't do anything about it. They will choose something about you that you cannot change. And therefore, you know, you can do nothing about it. It's just sit in the discomfort of being bullied over it. And so I remember, you know, very vividly as a, I was maybe like 12 walking through the mall with my friend who was also Asian. And you know when um, you're going up and down an escalator, you know, you people feed up and they go up or down. We met like this older white woman and like I said, her friend or something like that. And we kind of were like, oh, who's gonna go first? Who, who's gonna go up the escalator first? And she looks at us, she goes, they walk how they drive. And I was 12, I was like, I don't know what that means. I was like, I don't know why she said that, but I was like, whatever. And then we like, were like, whatever, we're going to the mall, we're gonna go get our ears pierced or whatever. But that really stuck with me because I was like, it was the, one of the first times that like an adult like talked to me, like, but wasn't talking to me. And then like years later, I was like, oh, shit. Click. The dots oh, connected. Oh, shit. She said they walk how they drive. I happen to be a very good driver just, just as a side note. But I was like, I didn't connect it. And this was a grown up talking to two little girls. And I was like, wow, that's fucked up. And like. I don't know that, that obviously that's not like a bullying, but like those experiences really inform how you move through the world. So why wouldn't we be defensive? Why right. wouldn't, you know, going towards the side of the bullies, the bullies, you fine. We need to shit on other people then because it's, it's either, you know, shit or be shit on. Yeah. I mean, whether it's your size, the way you look, your, your race, right. whatever it is, people love to pick on things that people can't change because they want to believe that they were just born better than you. You right, know what I mean? And, right. and then that's why things like what Kathy says, Kathy. Fuck you, Kathy. <laughs> Kathy Eat says shit, Kathy. is is really, what Kathy said is really shitty because like the things, those kids can't change no. who they are, or where they are, where they're from. And to say that kids are just trying to figure out and learn, well, at the same time, what about what, about what you just did to this right. child? Right. How was their cognitive brain forming? What are they now going to be? Because like, Maybe you've never experienced this, Kathy, but when someone tells you that something is wrong with you because of the way you were born or something you right. can't change, it fucks up every Everything. cell. Yeah, you want to talk about brain chemistry? Body. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. You start to second guess everything mm -hmm. about yourself. Oh my God, should I dress a certain way so I don't look or act too Asian, but in a way, not because of that I hate myself, but because in a way where I'm not gonna draw attention right. and get this feeling again. And that means that you no longer feel confident in your identity. You don't think that you matter. So it's not just fun. Right. It's not just, it's weird that you're focusing on someone's brain chemistry while completely ignoring yeah. what you're doing to the other. Absolutely. And I think somebody else said Kathy. 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 
talked about was like, oh, the dog barking. It's not what you think it means. It's something different. They bark at everything. It's like, the kids just fucking bark at everything? First of all, like, what the fuck is that? Well, and that, that, that's the thing, right? Is that there are so many subtleties and people do it so subtly so that they can they get away. They think they do it subtly. Right. Or they do it in a way that somebody who isn't privy to what they're doing doesn't acknowledge it, right? Like, like they they bark like a dog. We're just barking like dogs, not not because they eat dogs. Okay, sure. Or I had somebody who, when I not somebody, three little boys. I was in I think middle school, and they all sat in the back row while I'm giving a fucking oral report on Paraguay, and they're all sitting there with their elbows on their desks, holding their eyes back like this. The entire time, the entire time I'm trying to give this fucking report, they're doing that. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're like, oh, we're just, we're just resting our heads. We're not doing anything. Like, so they do it in ways that they know that they can get away with it. And my calling out makes me look like I'm crazy. You know what I mean? Gaslighting, like, I'm not crazy. I see what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Or like when my sister, she, my sister is a fucking English professor. And she was having this argument with this woman. And she said, in the heat of the moment, she said, irregardless, which yes, we know irregardless is not a word, but she said it. She goes, irregardless isn't a word, speak English. And I was like, oh, you're trying to die today. <laughs> oh, oh, you wanna die today, bitch. See ya. <laughs> so fucking, and like we, I mean, I saw red. I didn't even, I couldn't even think anymore because it's like those, well, I wasn't saying, you know, she, I was saying that just because she misused a word. No, that's not why you said it. You know, that's not why you said it. You said it because you wanted her to know that you think that she's better. You think that you're better than her because she's Asian. We just, know what that is. It's it's because they're, they're trying to be edgy. Right. It, because I think a lot of times some people maybe see the fact that you're different as being edgy and it makes them feel insecure. Maybe. That, oh my God, you're like, maple brown sugar donut and I'm just a plain <laughs> right. unglazed donut. Right, right. I'm just the raw dough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually the mistake. <laughs> right. And yeah, you make me feel insecure. Right. And and that's the thing is like as I have grown, you know, into adulthood, I have become less and less afraid of saying like I know exactly what the fuck you're doing. I can see what you're doing. And even if no one else in this room will recognize what you're doing and acknowledge what you're doing, I'm doing it. I see what the fuck you're doing. You're not getting away with it with me. You can try, but I, I know better. And and I think that's, I, I'm trying to mitigate that with obviously, cause I don't wanna be angry about it, but I want people to know, look, we're not dumb. We know what you're doing. No. And we were told for a long time to not say anything. Times they, they fucking change. Yeah. Just like this whole model minority myth. I know you guys are still working under the assumption that we're just going to be docile and not do anything. Surprise. That's not the case. Because you guys pot prodded and poked us. Right. Um, I am now going to bite back. Right. Like and 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 don't be surprised when we do. Like, I don't understand the people people are so shocked. They're like, oh my God, you're so angry. Oh my God, you you you're 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 so mouthy, they say, or like whatever. You should be you should calm down. No. Why? Why would I? If if I had a dog that was chained to a tree and every day I went and poked that dog and every day I fucked with that dog and every day I slapped that dog and threw shit at that dog and just made that dog's life a living fucking hell, well, you know what? 
if that dog ever got free from that tree and it bit me, I would know exactly the fuck why. There should well, be no surprise. But that's that's like a really great analogy because I feel like a lot of people poke and prod that dog, wait for it to try to bite you, and <laughs> then they go, did you see this? Kill the dog. Did you see what they did? Right. They're problematic. They're crazy. It's them. Nope. Yeah, right. So now that now we look like we're, you know, coming out of pocket and we're just out of nowhere just so angry, you yeah. know? And that's funny. That word docile always reminds me of this one story. So I went to school in Pennsylvania, right outside of Philadelphia. But that town, even though it was like bordering Philadelphia, was very white. Mm -hmm. And there was like maybe, maybe 10 black kids in the whole school. And there was like, I would want to say like around 11 to 1200 kids in the school, maybe 10 black kids. There was like maybe 10 Asian kids, which oddly enough, okay, maybe there was like 20 Asian kids and then like 10 of them were like Korean. But either way, there was this one white girl and our school was going through renovations at the time. So foreign language classes were in a different building that you had to take a bus shuttle to. Yeah, that's, it, that's it was, it was a lot. And, uh, on the way back, this one white girl, she thought she was being edgy, but she turned around to my one Asian friend and I was in the back of the bus and he was sitting like a couple of rows above. She turned around and she goes, Asians are so docile. Are we? Yes. Are and, we, honey? But this is the best part is my friend, uh, shout out to Sunje. he, I don't know why, but he had a pair of scissors on oh, him. Oh, shit. <laughs> and she had hair down to her ass. Sunje, you didn't. <laughs> Sunje took those scissors oh. and cut a huge chunk out of her hair while saying how, he goes, he goes, how's this for docile? Oh, shit. Yeah. And he just cut I don't her condone hair. that, but no. it's kind of funny. <laughs> I didn't, I would just remember, but the thing is, is though, I don't remember him getting in trouble and nobody was mad. Oops. I think everyone basically applauded him because like, not only was she in the wrong, but Sunjay was also a very quiet person. Wow. You know what I mean? So to see someone do that, it was like almost like their hero right, moment. Right, 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 right. Like, well, I mean, like how far off the edge do you want to push me? Right, like, but that's, that's the fine. point. You can take so much right. up until you boil over. And I'm not right. saying that, um, we're not excusing that because by no means. And obviously we're not talking about violence. Right. We're not we're talking not, about, you know, retribution. And, right. You know, and even though we've maybe done stuff like that in the past, we're not okaying any of that. Hopefully of we've all grown and learned, you know, but there are times when you have to take a stand. Of course, you know, of course. And, and I think maybe back. that's, <laughs> oops. It took Sunjay, a little while. A beast, what is crazy. <laughs> I will never forget that. I bet, I mean, that, that will definitely leave an yeah. imprint on your developing frontal cortex mm -hmm. or your frontal lobe or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing too, is like, I think Asian people in particular, when we push back, especially in the way that we do on social media, I honestly think, because there's really no good reason I should have the following on TikTok that I do. And I'm not trying to be modest. I'm a middle-aged Korean woman with not really a discernible niche. I'm just kind of like just doing my daily life. And that's not, I'm not maybe like, one of the demographics of people that find the kind of success that I have on TikTok, and I'm grateful for it, and I'm so excited and happy that I did, but I think a lot of it is because people are so surprised to see my face and hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. I think there's this like novelty to it. People are like, 
my God, did you hear what that Korean lady said? She's like a middle-aged mom saying, fuck shit, fucking shit, fuck shit, fuck you, fuck you, bitch, fuck you. You know what I mean? And they're like, what the fuck am I looking at? Like, it's like a science show. They're like, what is this? Who is this lady? And I think it has a lot to do with this unexpected, you know, stereotype that I shouldn't be that way. Right. I should just be in the kitchen making kimchi and, you know, whatever, driving my white Mercedes. And, like, like that's so just like. Laughing like, you know, and like when they realize that that's so not me, that I think that's really like surprising to them. And mm -hmm. I hear that a lot. Like, wow, you don't you don't sound like any of the Korean moms I know. I'm like, well, if you got any of those Korean moms in a place where they could openly speak the, their minds, this is what you would yeah, hear. I just happen to be doing it in exactly. English online yeah. for you guys to see. Like my mom, you can hear her. Yeah. And none of this is an act. I literally saw Susie interacting with her parents earlier, and it was fuck shit left and right. <laughs> Listen, it was it was a long fought effort to get them used to it. They're like, when I was in my early twenties, I've always been this way, but you know, I was like, look, I swear, it's just part of the 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 way I speak. It's just it's just the 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 special sauce in my vocabulary. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And now they're just like, oh, Susie. My mom, she laughed all the time. She's like, oh, Susie, yeah, you only said fuck four times today. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right, mom? And three more under my breath. Right, right. You didn't hear those, which is the point. It's funny growing up as an Asian person, because especially, you know, in a Western country, because you're trying to navigate all of these things. So you're many. trying to not be the person that people project onto you based off of stereotypes. But at the same time, your parents may or may not have had expectations of you. So then you stifle who you are to try to portray this good student role. Right. And then like, then some, many of us, you know, especially if you're Asian American or Korean American specifically, then also are spent, sent to church. Oh yeah. And then like, you have to put on that persona, which is the funniest thing because it was always with my church friends after church, that we would like smoke cigarettes For together sure. and like drink together. Cause I think it was, we had that shared experience of like trying to be all these different people to right. all these different other it's people. Exhausting. And not trying to really like know. performing every single yeah. day, all day long. And then trying to figure out who you really are inside of all these people right. while trying to, you know, reconcile all these different energies inside of you. And I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, I was, two so divergent people, right? I was the troublemaker, smoking cigarettes, doing all kinds of bad shit, sneaking out, and I was a great student, and I was really helpful to my community, and I did all of, I did, you know, safe rides for drunk teenagers, I did all these things. I think that I'm very squarely in the middle of those things, but I never really found a way to just express myself in that way, in the middle. Like I, I, I didn't know how to be all the things at once and I didn't know even if I could be all the things at once where I could do it. And I, I don't know, and I think it took me a, a really long fucking time to get here to where I am where I'm like, I'm just gonna be myself. And I had, I asked myself this question all the time and I, I have for, for the longest is like, all right, who am I? Who, who, who the yeah. fuck am I? Mm -hmm. And I have to ask the question, sometimes I have to speak it out loud because I've been so conditioned to, to think that I am one thing or the other. I am the bad problem. I am the black sheep, whatever. I am the exemplary student. I am the pillar of the community. I am blah, blah, blah. Like, I just kind of want to be somewhere in the middle of that. Like, I want to be all the things. Yeah. Can't I be all the things? Why can't I? 
you know, and I think there was there was no room for that until I made room for it. Right. You know, that I want to be all the things, and I really, it it started with my parents. You know, and I was like, I, I really was like, like mom, dad, I want you to know who I am. I don't want to live this like secret life and you only see the highlights and you don't like know like my struggles. Like I want you to know like what's really happening. Like when I got divorced from my first husband, I was terrified to tell my dad because, you know, getting divorced in Korean culture is like really frowned upon. And I was like, I have to tell my dad that I'm getting divorced. And my and I think I passed judgment and expectation on him you know, and I thought he was going to be so upset and he was going to be so angry and he was going to be like, I knew you were going to do this. I, you know, I, I oh, had all these ideas. That's the worst. I know. And I was so afraid that I was going to actually fulfill what my worst fear was about what my father thought of me. I remember so vividly, I was like, dad, I have to tell you something and you're not going to be happy. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm getting divorced. I've decided to file for divorce. And he looks me dead in my eyes and I, thought for that second he was going to start to cry and he lifted his hand like this i was like oh my god are you fucking slapping me <laughs> i was like my god are you fucking slap me across the face he goes like this and he wanted me to give him a high five and i was like what he's like thank god and i was like dad he's like i'm so happy you made this choice and i was like holy fucking shit i was like what and he's like he's like making deciding to get married to that man was your worst decision Deciding to leave him was your best. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I just like started wailing, just oh my crying. God. And I was like, are you serious, dad? He's like, I'm so happy you made this choice. And then at any point were you like, why didn't you tell me this sooner? Yes, and my parents were like, because do you know who you are? Yeah. If we tried to tell you to not do this something. This announcement would have come two years right. later out of spite. Right. Yeah. They're like, we can't tell you to do anything. You think we're going to tell you to not marry somebody? You're going to listen to us. And I was like, you have a point. Okay, fair. <laughs> Fine. You have a fair. very, very good point. Whatever. So what are we getting to eat? Yeah, right. yeah. It was like, it was so crazy. And I was like, maybe that... And part of me was like, maybe this is part of my journey too, is understanding that I don't fully know my parents either. Yeah. And I've really stereotyped them as well. And I've yeah. really put them into this box of who I think they are. And understanding that they are whole people with these life yeah. experiences has really informed and shaped how I want to continue my relationship with them. And I'm, I'm really lucky. I'm really yeah. lucky to have the relationship I have with my parents. They're incredible, incredible people. And I think that, um, especially on the parental side, I think it's a very widely done thing where parents play a role. Right. You know what I mean? Like you get stuck playing this role where right. you're like the parent, the manager, mm -hmm, like, you mm -hmm. know, the guardian, the safety person, like all of it, especially on the Asian and probably immigrant side, there's a lot where pe the parents forget to switch that at some point, you know? And I think even maybe more so with like Asian Asian families, but the kids also get stuck playing a role. Right. Because there's so many expectations of you. And I don't know about you, but I feel like the model minority trope played a hand in, like I thought those were expectations of, of me, you know? Like, oh my God. This is what we are supposed to I aspire to, to be. Yeah, I have to live up to this. And like, you know, it was tough because then you, get stuck not really knowing each other, like course, you said. My mom right. doesn't really know who I am because I projected this person. Mm -hmm. I don't know who she is because she continues to project this person, you know? And and I know that nobody is that strong. You know what I mean? Especially raising 
me for right. 30 plus years. Like right. nobody is that strong. that easy. Yeah. So I think as young Asian Americans growing up, there are a lot of, a lot of so many things at play. Like you were talking about earlier, like there are so many things that we have to contend with that whatever the end result is, however we end up being, it makes perfect sense. You know what I'm saying? Like you were saying like me being stable and being all these things after the things that I've lived through, after the things that you've told me about your life, if I saw you like doing things that were maybe, I don't know, construed as unhealthy or some destructive or whatever, I'd kind of be like, I don't like it and it's sad to watch it, but I get it. Like yeah. I can see where this is all coming from if it were to be left unacknowledged and untreated or right. un, you know, dealt with. I could see how and why these things are happening. Like, you know, and, and as a kid, I did all kinds of shit. I did so many, I had so many behavioral issues, but my parents didn't have the, the tools. They didn't understand. And a lot of it was in direct relation to the bullying that I would endure as an Asian kid. Right. My parents didn't have the the knowledge. The, they weren't bullied as kids for being Asian, so they didn't know how to deal with that. No. And so I had to navigate that on my own. And a lot of that came out through me projecting anger. Yeah. There was a lot of anger as a kid. And I, yeah. I'm so sad. Like when I think of like, when I look at little pictures of me as like a two, three, up to like 10 years old, I'm like, my poor girl. Yeah, especially because our parents, especially the Asian immigrants one, immigrant ones, they hyper fixated on providing us this life. Life, right? They focused on working, giving us all the things that you know that we they didn't have growing right. up, and all these other wishes, and they didn't even think to that, just check in. Right. The mental the mental health part just like right. wasn't even a blip on their radar. Right. Right. You know, so it's just something that we I don't know about you, I had to figure out on my own. Mm -hmm. In fact, I go remember sure. in college begging my mom to let me go see a therapist. Really? And yeah. she like fought me tooth and nail on it being like, what could, what was so wrong? I gave you this life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, it wasn't until afterwards because then when she finally did come around to it, I had become hardened to it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I was like, mm -hmm. fine, then I'll fine. figure it right. out. Yeah. You know? That's the, the, the whole pendulum, right? I mean, you think that's hard. You should have seen me and my sisters getting my dad to go to therapy. Oh yeah, I, I can only imagine because to it this was day, a lot of pushback. I'm like, Mom, you need therapy. You, need, you have a lot of fucking trauma, man. Yeah. And like, our parents grew up dirt poor in a war torn country that was stripped of their culture. Like, there is trauma there. It's there. And if you think it's not, I can tell you it is because I have trauma from your childhood, and I yes. wasn't even fucking there. Yes. So you can't tell me you don't have it if I have it. I cannot watch a Korean War movie without being hysterical. I only have to watch the first five seconds to be like, I can't watch this, I can't watch it. I experience a physical reaction for an event I wasn't there for at all. Yeah. But I somehow have it ingrained in me. There's this like sadness, this burden that I have. And I don't know what to do with it. And I sure as fuck know my parents, un un if they don't deal with it, you know, that's gonna be that, that, that your whole life right there. Yeah, because it's like f for me as a single child or for the only child of a single mother, mm. like I know my mom didn't have anyone to talk to. Of course. You know what I mean? Like, and when she did, it would be like her sisters or her friends. And I always used to think of it as like, man, man, my mom loves to just talk about how shitty of a son I am. But in reality, 
she just needed to get it out. Right. You know what I mean? And right. even that wasn't enough because now from what I hear from my aunt, my mom is struggling with some of the things that she's experienced with because she's of been course. holding it in for of so course. long. You can't be a healthy, well-rounded, adjusted person with all of this unchecked fucking trauma. You can't. Yeah. It's impossible. And, and that, I think that's part of the reason why I want to try to find my half siblings. You know, for some, for those of you that don't know, I'm an only child of a single mother. Um, I have half siblings on my dad's side that I've never met. I don't even know what any of them look like with the exception of the top portion of my one <laughs> sibling's face. And I genuinely feel like not only do the, do I have to do this for myself, mm -hmm. but I feel like my mom doesn't understand how therapeutic it'll be for her. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? Bet. To put a lot of this, because I'm sure a lot of that stuff, that guilt and anxiety that she's carried around on my behalf or even from her experience, you know? And I don't think that she understands how therapeutic it is going to be to be able to just put it all behind us. Right, like I don't understand, like why don't they want that relief? <laughs> you know, and maybe they don't look at it that way. You know, and I think... They look at it as like, I'm not weak. I'm strong. I can endure this. It's fine. Because of how they, the time they grew up. They weren't allowed to yeah. have feelings. They weren't allowed to express like how sad they yeah. were that they were living, they were four years old in the middle of a fucking war. Like yeah. they, you weren't allowed to express that. And pride was like all they had. Yeah. Oh God. I can't even talk about it. I'm going to start to cry. It was. It was like all that they had. And to this day, when I told my mom that I wanted to find my siblings and make a documentary about it, the first thing she and even my aunt said was that they were concerned about how the rest of the family is going to take it because their siblings basically made this pact that when they got out of their life, because a lot of shitty stuff happened to my family, you mm -hmm. know, during the war times of and course. family stuff, they basically made a pact that they were going to leave it behind and just never acknowledge that all this shitty stuff happened to them as a family and that they were just going to, because, you know, shame... Familial shame in Korea is something that weighs so much because the society just judges you so of hard course. for it. And they were like, we're never going to, we're going to rise above this. And to them, it was like their glow up story. Right. When not really, knowing, it's just to carry this trauma forever right. story. They don't, they didn't like, not, no one understood the effects of generational trauma until mm -hmm. recently, which is why all of the content and movies and stuff being made by people who grew up in our era the bad guys aren't these crazy no, monsters right. anymore. It's their parents, parents and their families and all of these issues and trauma that they've experienced because that's that's real life. Right. It's got really heavy. It did get really Damn. heavy. And I, and I promise it's there we're gonna do some light stuff too, but this is definitely And it's gonna get heavier sometimes yeah. as well. Today was a little on the heavier side. Today I think was a what do you call it? A parabola? <laughs> A roller coaster? Kind of, but there's yeah. a geometry. I was never good at math. I'm more of a roller coaster. You. I'm more of a roller coaster type, and I think it we was. call them camelbacks. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, but I think that's part of the experience, right? A lot of the things that we use to deal with our life's traumas can sometimes be really light and funny, and sometimes they can be really fucking dark and fucking sad. So, I think that's I think that's gonna be our like daily ride. <laughs> it's like it's it gonna is. be a lot like this. But. Welcome to our world. <laughs> Ta -da, this we seem happy, but right? we're all fucked up. But sometimes inside. we got some <laughs> sad things, but but we work through them and we try to, you know. And I think that's that's the thing. We have to identify them. 
Right. We can't we can't you know fix a problem if we don't acknowledge what the problem is. I know I sound like I'm an AA right now, but well, it's kind of doing. And I true. think that's what part of this is. I think it's like partially therapy for us, right? but therapy with each other and our guests for our listeners as well, because it's right. therapeutic to hear the same experiences that other right. people went through, even if it's slightly different. To and know that there are people that have shared experiences from you, that that unity that you feel, that like bond you feel with people, you're like. That's everything. Yeah, not it's going this alone everything. is everything. And feeling like you have the ability to voice these things and it just doesn't go out into this like void to just you know disappear into nothing and to have it like bounce back to you as a, you know, acknowledgement and as validation. like a, yeah, validation of like, I get it. You're yep. right. I, I, the same fucking thing happened to me. Like that's so, it feels so good. Yeah. Not that bad things happen to you, but that it, I wasn't this, this weird isolated moment for just me. Well, but not only that, because it keeps happening, then the follow-up is always getting gaslit that we're overreacting. Right. So it's nice to know other people to right. be like, Yo, you were gaslit. Right, for sure. And to know that there are people who maybe don't look like us who are like, well, let me listen in and figure out where the places where I didn't, I don't see those things, you know, where in my periphery, those things aren't even in my line of sight because they haven't happened to me. So maybe I could just open up my scope just a little bit and let a little bit more of that light yeah. in so that I can see in my daily life the things that I say and do that might negatively impact other people. Yeah. Beautiful. Or maybe just like, change out your harmony for my abuelita. <laughs> right. I experienced the same thing. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's really all we want. That's really all I want for this, is for people to be like, fuck, you, did, you went through that too? Yeah, because it's too. like kind of weird to be at my age now <laughs> and to have the friends I have had and be like, wow, this is the first time I feel like I'm actually having conversations with someone who really understands what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And like, are the other people not my friends? <laughs> right. I. You know what I mean? Like, how did I go this long without really having a real friend that there, I can, yeah. There are so many people in my life when I look back now, I'm like, wow, you actually didn't give a flying fuck about me at all. You yeah. just were like, she's fun, I'll hang out with her. I'm like, but if I ever were to bring anything like this to you, it wouldn't, you'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. this doesn't exist. This is not a real thing. And there are some people that I've known for decades that I'm starting to be like, Oh, I've, I've started, mm. I cut a lot of them out. Same. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, and yeah. I didn't even know how to tell them. I just yeah. told them, I was like, hey, sorry. I just don't think we're really friends. Yeah. <laughs> I don't That's know bold. what else to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Period, the end. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> and on that note, no, <laughs> But I think this is a good one. I mean, I think as we continue to, to you know, gain our momentum on this podcast, I think these things are going to come out. And I, for one, am so excited to be able to talk about these things so openly because I know that there are a lot of people who continue to hold it in. And I think, you know, let me just kind of just turn the tap just a little bit, let it out just a little bit. It'll feel so much better. I feel so much better after I have one of these like long conversations with you or somebody who is like you or, you know, has a similar life experience. Yeah. I'm like, the relief that I feel, I feel just like lighter. And I'm like, okay, I just had to get that out. You just have to get that shit out sometimes. Sometimes it's not even burden. It's just like letting go of anxiety. Yeah. You know, this like self doubt that you don't have anymore. Mm -hmm. It's literally a weight off your chest. Yeah. So we hope that this episode did that for you guys as well. And yeah, I know we said it last time and then it didn't happen this time, but we swear it's not going to be like this every time. Right? No. 
No. We're funny and no. like happy people. Yeah. In fact, I like <laughs> kind of don't love talking about this, but you know, stuff happened that but warranted I think, us. I think too, the more people know about the things that have happened to us and our experiences, to then see us be happy, fun, joyful, funny people might be like, wow, you can experience all these things and still come out of it on the yeah. other side and be fucking cool and be happy. And to be honest with you, I just realized we're both even putting these disclaimers in because of the trauma that Fuck! we faced all the time <laughs> yes! of people being like, you make everything about race, yes. da, 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 da. You know what? Um, that's like the number one identity that you identify me as. So yeah. That, Deal with it. This is, yeah. Sorry, man. It's what you fucking get. <laughs> Sorry. This is the seat we took at this table. Yeah. It's our table. Yeah. We literally built it. <laughs> yeah. But we really do want to thank everyone thank for tuning in. Thank you so in. much. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Okay. okay bye. bye. <laughs> you can find us on all the socials at, at What in the Shibad on YouTube. If you're watching this, make sure you subscribe and like and ring that bell so you get the notifications Ding. whenever you get the new podcast. And make sure you follow us on all of the platform. Make sure you follow us on all the platforms for podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, and everything else. Oh my God, there's so many things. And then don't forget to follow our socials, um, Sujia One on TikTok and on Instagram. And I'm Etch a Sketch with a J on everything. <laughs> you know, at first I was like, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, yeah, thank <laughs> you. Oh my God, that's gonna be your thing, you know? And then when I uh, stitched it with that, fuck, man. Good times. <coughs> Seriously, gonna... though, are you gonna die? Yeah.